0: to American Education FM everybody I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back everybody. First of all I want to thank Jesse James and Outcast for having me on their show. It was a great time, uh, great conversation I thought and feel free and again bounce over to Jesse James's Rumble channel and certainly check out his podcast everywhere the podcasts are available to check that conversation out if you're interested. Lots of cool topics I thought that we brought up and uh, it was just an absolute honor to be with them again. So, with that said, I'd like to dive into this today. I have a couple of emails here that I received from a listener of the show, and you may recall this person. This was the individual who hit me up on Rumble and asked a couple of questions about, again, if you were to speak at a school board meeting or a city council meeting, what approach would you take and what guidance could you give for individuals who, again, have maybe never done it before and are looking to do it? And I answered, Those questions at the beginning of an episode, but they ended up sending me a bunch of emails about their own business and their own line of work and a number of the things that they have noticed within their small business. And they told me that I uh, I could read this and share this on the air. Of course, I'll leave their name out of it and everything, but it's remarkably interesting and uh this is really how nefarious some of these insurance companies are when it comes to the word usage again that they use but I'll I'll let uh I'll let their their emails speak for themselves so here's what they said they said that they're a business owner of a large company one of the largest in their states and they're still considered to be a small business by the definition of a small business based on their employee quantity they said with that being said when when people place orders They are given the option to insure their order. Insurance is provided by a third-party company. You probably have bought something online and been offered to add on Square Trade or Allstate or whatever type of coverage for an extra $5 to $50 depending on the cost of the item. This is exactly what I'm referring to. They said the insurance company I had chosen to partner with in 2021 was one of the big names, just like Square Trade and Allstate. November 2022, just in time for holiday shopping, the insurance company announced via email blast that they are changing the text that my customers see when they're deciding if they want to opt in to insurance. The current text was something like, would you like to insure your item for only $10? Insurance covers against loss, lost, stolen, damaged parcels and also provides 24 months of full damage protection, unquote. They said the new text would say something like this, quote, Would you like to insure your item for only $10? Your $10 coverage policy will protect your item and also offset our carbon footprint via carbon credits. Help fight climate change, unquote. They then said this, I flew off the fucking handle when I saw this. You already know exactly why, but additionally, I want people to insure their orders because if anything goes wrong, the insurance company deals with it, which saves my employees time, which saves me money. Normies don't know what the F carbon footprint means, and I'm not going to pay my staff to explain to people carbon credits, quote unquote. let alone have, have to upsell this bullshit scheme just to get people to drop $10 on insurance to protect their item. I knew this text would lead to a gross reduction in insurance orders, therefore leading to a massive financial burden on my company, let alone supporting the WEF agendas to enslave us all. They said I immediately contacted the insurance company, demanded that the text be changed back to the original text quote, and then they basically said, quote, today." or I will pull 100% of my business from your company at 5 p.m., unquote. During the three hours, the new text was shown exactly zero people insured their orders. The insurance company raced to change it back while attempting to upsell me on the carbon credit system, which was essentially this, my company does nothing. I ship orders as normal, I do literally absolutely nothing different, I do nothing at all to offset quote-unquote my company's carbon footprint, quote-unquote, but for every policy purchase, some group somewhere plants a tree. If anyone believes this scheme, I have a star to sell them. Hell, I'll sell them an entire constellation plus a, free pl- a tree planting insurance policy to boot. No kidding. They then said a few days passed and the insurance companies sent out another email blast, which was to explain to their customers or business why the carbon credit program is great and why we should all be jumping to stop climate change. Another day or two passed and a third email blast came, and this is where the story gets uplifting. This email blast was to apologize to all business customers. The insurance company said that they had completely canceled the carbon credit program and that we will never hear about it again. The email went on to say that the insurance company had no idea how upset this would make their clients and that they should have thought it through prior to pulling the trigger on the text change. Then they groveled, begged, and ended the email with something along the lines of, quote, we have learned from our mistake. Please stay with us. We value your business, unquote. So it's the fact that when this agenda was forced upon USA Small Businesses, the owners fought back in such mass that we forced the hand of the insurance company to abandon this agenda 2030-2050 ploy. We fought so hard that we got them to seize the program in approximately four days and apologize by the sixth. We all did this together without ever knowing what a fellow business owner was, that that, rather, a fellow business owner was also fighting beside us, let alone knowing that there were likely tens of thousands, who knows, maybe hundred hundred thousand. hundred thousand, maybe more. Together, us businesses had the ability to topple the insurance company instantly, but none of us knew it, but we all know it now. And that should strike fear in the heart of these agenda pushers. We all know that we are united and that, despite what they say, We are a force to be reckoned with. So when people feel alone, they need to remember that it is not just you and I who are fighting the good fight, quote unquote. A tier above you and I are these small businesses, small businesses who now realize just how much power they wield, strength in numbers. And then they included this story from I think the U.S. Chamber of Commerce from April 10th of this year, 2023, and it says small businesses represent 97.3% of all exporters and 32.6% of known export value, which is $413.3 billion. They also employ almost half, 46% of America's private sector workforce, and represent 43.5% of gross domestic product. By almost any measure, small businesses are a vital part of the American economy and workforce, Unquote. It's incredible, and she's 100% right. Mass noncompliance is the way to go forward, and having a good leader at the helm of any business to look at their employees and say, Hey, look, here's the words they're using in our insurance policy. We're not going along with this, and so we're doing the best to protect you. To make things easier on you, because they shouldn't be harder, everything should be made easier, uh, certainly not because a larger company tells you it's easier necessarily, but because you know it to be easier. and then you just gather together and you fight through it. and uh yeah, again, insurance companies can't last if they keep upping their prices and they keep changing the words within their uh you know within their contracts. I mean, very simply, okay, very simply put, let me use my own car insurance, for example. I switched car insurance providers a number of years ago. I I don't remember when, but I mean, it was a a number of years ago, and it was remarkably small. The payment was smaller than, of course, the previous payment that I was making. Well, I've never been in a car accident in my entire life, fortunately, and I don't drive that often. Uh, And when I do, it's not for a very long distance. Anyway, my car insurance monthly payment has dramatically increased. In fact, it's tripled. It's tripled. So what am I going to do? Well, simple. I'm going to change insurance companies yet again. I'm going to contact the current company and say, what in the hell is going on here? Why are you constantly increasing the cost of my insurance when clearly I'm uh, I'm not any kind of a risk? But this is the game. This is the scheme. And they're doing it because, well, I'm sure there's a variety of reasons, but either way, they're going to crush themselves. All these insurance companies and credit card companies are going to crush themselves as long as they continue to go down this path. But I wanted to bring that to your attention. I thought that was interesting. And then, of course, they sent me another one. And this is interesting as well. So give this a listen. They said the following here, quote, they said, my commercial insurance agent is a fellow truther. We swap stories often. In their industry, they constantly have they constantly have to undergo training for different things. The most recent seminar was for solar-powered residential and commercial properties. The reason for the seminar was that her company was chosen to reject all proposals involving roof solar pl- roof solar panels rather. Here's the reason they said. Roof solar panels get very hot. They tend to go up in flames. It's not uncommon. In fact, it's a crapshoot, especially if you live in a hot state like Arizona, New Mexico, even California. The odds are, most likely, that yours will eventually combust. Especially if you do not replace them every 10 years. Now before someone Google searches how long do solar panels last, then sees that it's 25 to 30 years, quote-unquote, and says I'm lying, let me address this based on, my, on what my agent said. And they said, yes, they can last, but they lose effectiveness every year. And as they become worn out or worn, they become more and more fragile, plastic and metal in the sun. They said, when you see firefighters arrive at a house with a traditional shingled roof without solar panels, they have two options. One, They can allow the fire to burn through the roof, thus creating an opening. Or, two, they can chop through the roof to create the opening. My understanding is that the opening is a key essential in extinguishing the fire. However, with solar panels, neither option is viable. The panels cannot be cut and they do not burn through because flames do not reach the temperature needed to melt through the panels. Therefore, the only option is to attempt to control the fire while letting the home burn to the ground. This means the insurance company is held liable for the complete property. There is no option for restoration. Additionally, letting a home burn to the ground means the neighboring homes must all be evacu- evacuated in areas where homes are built close together because, it's quite likely, they will all catch on fire. If there's an entire neighborhood with all solar panel all solar panel roofs, it's absolutely possible that the whole thing could be beyond salvage. Now the insurance company is facing a nightmare involving the subdivision burned to the ground in addition to life insurance payouts on top of car insurance payouts. So from a financial standpoint, the insurance company's risks outweigh the reward. With that being said, my friend's employer is avidly fighting back against the system by secretly raising awareness to this scheme. They are actively talking customers out of solar panels at the direction of the owner of the insurance company. The customers who already pulled the trigger on roof panels, it is too late for them. But those who have chosen to research can be saved. Sound familiar? I guess my point is, they, quote-unquote, have to use censorship to keep me from learning There is, there are good teachers like you fighting back. equally. You are not aware small businesses are so powerful that they are shutting down Agenda Agenda 2030-2050. Truck drivers, nurses, doctors, gyms are all fighting back. Like you say, this is war, and we are the majority. Regardless of how small they try to make us feel, imagine the power we would feel if we knew the real list of what was being done. The real list of just how many industries are saying, nope, not today, not on my watch, quote-unquote the list is massive, beyond our comprehension. The list is more than podcasters and outspoken activists. In closing, never, ever, ever give up. We have the power to burn the system to the ground. No solar panels needed for that fire. We have the numbers. Cumulatively, we have the money because we are the 99%. Nothing can stop what's coming. Unquote. I agree. I, again, I completely agree. I'm also certain that this is part of the enemy's plan, of course, which involves the demoralization of business owners and then the demoralization, of course, of employees with all of these hoops that they attempt to make them jump through. And again, these carrots that they dangle in front of them and say, well, you need to leap at this and you need this and you have to have this. Well, if a number of people push back, as they've clearly stated, and mass non-compliance continues to be the way, then yes, numerous businesses will survive. certainly smaller businesses, and even bigger ones, frankly, depending on the size and, and again, their, their own ideologies and whether or not they actually see this as being remarkably problematic. The problem here is that when this stretches over into the education profession, the education profession is ground zero for this kind of indoctrination. When you have individuals and the vast majority of almost every single employee within a K-12 private or charter school environment and even university environment to some extent, but certainly the public school realm, as I said on Jesse James's show, when you have contractual obligations and insubordination is that albatross that's consistently over top of you. When the message is the most poisonous message that you're being asked to follow and you simply say, no, I'm not following that, well, they'll fire you. Which means, again, you would have to have almost every single employee within a school building all walk out at the same time and say, no, we're not doing this anymore. The problem is, is that given the fact that they're unionized, the things that they're complaining about more times than not, when they strike, for example, are not the real problems. They all should have taken a strike when it came to the mask wearing. They should have all taken a strike when it came to being coerced to take these shots, for which no one can name a single ingredient. At least the public school realm individuals can't, but you get my point. They're always protesting the wrong thing. It was the students doing the mask protesting, if you recall it wasn't the school teachers, the students were doing it that right there should show you how basically the dire straits that the entire business is in, which again is why I don't think it's going to survive under any stretch whatsoever, even mass noncompliance among the American k twelve school system will not fix it. That won't change the minds of of the masses, and it certainly won't change the minds of unions and it won't change the minds of district officials. They're they're too entrenched. It's too far gone. You have too many hands in the cookie jars. You've heard me say you have too many people pulling the strings from a federal level down to a state level, right down into the local level. And when you get everybody believing the same lie, the man against the masses doesn't have much of a choice other than to leave on their own, try to make as many waves as possible on their way out, and then speak about it after the fact. But the small businesses, I agree, have got to survive, and mass non-compliance against this kind of tyranny is exactly how they do it. The American education system, however, they don't have a chance. They're too brainwashed. They're too far gone. They just, they don't have a chance. So that's my two cents on that. But again, thank you for the emails. Absolutely incredible information. Note to self, no solar panels on roofs. Got it. Bad idea. A lot of those in Florida too, by the way. A lot of those in Florida on all different kinds of roofs, whether they be the tile roofs or the metal roofs or even shingle roofs, and they're all used to heat heat the swimming pools. But there you go. Hot weather down there and they can go up in flames in a matter of, in just a matter of time, apparently. So not good. Okay. Education stuff. Let me bring this up real quick. I want to elaborate on a separate story, although it's related, directly related, actually. When I was on uh, the Dangerous Info podcast there, I was talking about how the national, let me see if I can get this right here again. The National Center for Education Statistics, there we go, they revealed again that 72% of their public schools nationwide were experiencing higher rates of teacher absenteeism than, than uh, prior to the old COVID-19 pandemic. But they're not saying it's the shots. There's not a single article about this story that's addressing the shots. This is from CBS12.com. Again, I'm just going to read a few parts of this, but it is titled, Worsening Teacher Absenteeism Rates Adding to Vicious Cycle in Public Education, Researcher Says. Again, the absenteeism problem and the absent teachers and even absent students being a problem, it, it, it really can't get any clearer as to why this is the case. It can't possibly get any clearer. Again, when you inject someone with a poison, and they don't know that the po- that that it's poison number 1 well you've got them on that lie right there if they don't know that it's a poison and that that in fact that poison is the cause of their current and all future illnesses well then you really own them because then that opens up the door for endless fairy tales and endless individuals believing things that are not real so let me dive into this particular article because again this gets a little more personal with a few other people's perspectives they say teacher absenteeism, similar to the more widely recognized chronic absenteeism in students, refers to educators who are absent for 10 or more days in a 180-day school year. It says Jay Green and Jonathan Butcher, senior research fellows at the Heritage Foundation, and they don't even say it, by the way. This is why the Heritage Foundation is not, is not our friend. They're not blaming the shots because they too are in the back pockets of the pharmaceutical industry in my humble opinion but they said that they found that the data was alarming claiming that consistent persistence of the same teacher is crucial for students of all ages they said quote when teachers are absent kids have a very hard time learning and they have a very hard time controlling their behavior green told crisis in the classroom quote a substitute teacher can help fill the gap but doesn't really help students learn as well. It says the survey also found that teachers are 21% more likely to be absent on a Monday or a Friday, which Green calls a hurtful choice. And then they said, quote, illness does not have a preference for long weekends, but teachers do. So see, they're not even blaming. I mean, (laughs) this this is awful. They're not even blaming the shots. They're going so far as to now just blaming the teachers on their preference for wanting to have a longer weekend. That's not really the only reason. The major kicker here are the shots. Yes, the environment is poisonous. Yes, it's wearing on the mental and emotional health of everybody who attends. And yes, there are endless teachers, I was one of them, who would take a sick day on a Friday or a Monday, in particular, a Friday and say well I'm just not showing up today I'm taking a mental health day and I needed it seriously and I would and I would do that and lots of employees do that in the American education business however the tables have turned here now you're talking about not chronic absenteeism you're talking about chronic illness you're talking about vaccine acquired immune deficiency syndrome You're talking about turbo cancers. I mean, every single thing that I've brought up here on this show. That's the real problem here. It continued, and it says, To green, worsening absenteeism rates can be attributed to both the pandemic, which didn't exist, so that's not true, when people got accustomed to not having to go physically to a place for work, quote-unquote, and teacher union contracts. This is why they think that there's an absenteeism problem in the business of education. This person is coming from the Heritage Foundation. Do you see the lies and the connection here between these organizations? They're not saying it's because of the shots. He goes on in his delusions here and he says he argues that in some cases union contracts enable teachers to take additional absences without termination or pay loss school districts need to start negotiating tougher contracts with the unions that provide stronger incentives for teachers to actually show up and be physically present at school green told the CITC quote this is an important part of schools making sure that they're protecting the children in the school and not just the employees through an overly generous teacher contract, unquote. This green person is an idiot. They're an idiot, and they're a bureaucrat, because this is not the reason. It's not because of contracts. It's not because of union influence. It's because of VAIDS. That's why. It says, Teachers Nationwide have previously expressed to CITC that they have Developed safety concerns since the pandemic, pointing to worsening student behaviors and poor school security. No, that's not it. Worsening behaviors, sure. Prion disease is a real problem, certainly from the shots. So it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if uh, negative behavior continues to exist, because that's also what happens, not just from a medical standpoint that's shot related, but you're lying to them. It's the constant lying. This continues to be the problem. It's the constant manipulation of the environment that is making them shake around and get and get aggravated. I mean, this is why in the zoo it says don't tap on the glass. It's the same reason. Don't touch the glass. Don't don't punch the glass. Don't kick the glass. Don't tap on the glass. Same thing. These school environments are consistently not just tapping on the glass, but they're breaking it, replacing it, shaking the cage, breaking it and replacing it again year after year after year. And they're wondering why everybody inside the cage is becoming agitated. It's disgusting. These people are not, not the smartest people on the face of the planet. It says, many cite a lack of accountability from school administrators, including high school teachers in California who are fearful to return to the classroom after a student detonated an explosive in a stairwell earlier this year. See how they immediately divert to school violence? That's the reason. The reason no one wants to show up is because of violence. Well, that's always been the case. But when you, comp- when, when, you, when you stack all of the real cases and real reasons on top of one another that have always existed, and then in that Jenga tower, you take a syringe filled with a biological weapon, and you throw it right at the Jenga tower, what do you think is going to happen? It's, it's, according to this green person, they said, that such concerns can also contribute, or attribute rather, to absenteeism rates as they often lead to teacher burnout. Well, there's that old cliche phrase. They ended this by saying, quote, there's a vicious cycle here, and ultimately the adults who govern schools need to break that vicious cycle by enforcing norms of behavior for the students, but also norms for the behavior of the teachers by requiring them to show up and do their jobs. Green told this CITC, unquote. It's way worse than that, and they're not hitting on the real issue whatsoever. This is, this is disgusting. I should almost reach out to this CITC podcast or group or whoever these people are, because they've lost the plot. If they actually believe what this Green person from the Heritage Foundation is telling them, well... Um, I mean, my God, if that's your senior research fellow at the Heritage Foundation, this person has lost their minds. This again is, if I'm not mistaken, this Jay Green and Jonathan Butcher, these were the two guys that I mentioned in the last episode when it came to the Project 2025. These are the guys that have the predetermined problems and solutions already worked out for what they believe is going to be the future of any 2025 administration that is allegedly conservative. Again, if you watched me on Jesse James's show, you heard me say that if there's no accountability whatsoever, and I'm not the only person who knows this, endless morally sound people know this. If there's zero accountability for illegal behavior and the manipulation of the mind, the body, and the soul, these individuals will do this again. And it's the Heritage Foundation and people like them that are cutting the excuses for these environments. The number one reason that teachers and students are not showing up to these environments is because of lying. Outside of that, the thing that they've lied about the most outside of curriculum is the mask wearing and the shot taking. And that's having and has had and will have a direct impact On the physical health, mental health, social health, you name it, of every person who participated. It doesn't get, it can't possibly get more simple than that. But this is the media, this is bureaucracy, this is what they're doing. They aren't interested in abolishing American education in these school systems. They aren't interested in doing that. You'll never hear the Heritage Foundation advocate for homeschooling. They'll say all kinds of words around homeschooling. They'll say, we advocate for school choice and vouchers and blah, blah, blah. But they'll never say, leave the system, homeschool your children. If, if you think you want to be a school teacher, don't do it. I mean, that's where the dam has got to be built. It has to be built at the front end of wanting people to be school teachers and then that will crush from the bottom up the entire profession. It'll certainly get rid of every single teacher education program that exists within colleges and universities because they won't have any enrollment. Unless, of course, those individuals are so morally unstable that they actually think that the American K-12 school system is the best place to be and the healthiest place to be and i can make a difference and and so on and so forth it's it's not it's just not true it just isn't at this point in fact let me bring this up let me bring up this particular point there's a gun show on youtube that i watch from time to time and it's two funny guys uh and you know they they shoot particular guns or sh- shoot particular rounds and they'll shoot it into ballistic targets and they'll shoot it at other targets and whatever But they're funny guys, and they're both veterans, and uh, I think it's grand thumb, if I'm not mistaken, or grand thumb, if I'm pronouncing it right. Either way, the host of the show told a quick story at the end of, of a recent episode, and he said when he was in the Air Force, it was the last time, it was his last day, basically, in the Air Force, and he said it was the last time he saw his staff sergeant, and he sat down at his staff sergeant's desk and they got done talking and his staff sergeant took a glass of water and he pushed it in front of this individual and he said put your finger in the glass of water and he did and he dunked his finger into the glass of water and then the staff sergeant looked at him and said do you think that you just changed the level of water in that glass and he looked back at him and he said no and then the staff sergeant looked back at him and said That's the impact that you've had on the American Air Force. It's time for you to go home and spend more time with your family. And that was it. It's right, certainly, not because it's cynical, but it's correct, because that's the state of affairs regarding the American education system. The problem is, is that the morally sound individuals are outnumbered and they're outnumbered greatly. Because as you've heard me say a million times, and I said it on Jesse James's show too, the most morally sound are being hunted after, and the most morally sound are being weeded out at the entry-level positions, and certainly within the interview process, because they don't want the morally sound around they can tell by the way that they talk, the way they look, the way they dress, what's on their resume, what they've written about, what they believe. And then of course, the basic conversations that occur in an interview in the education profession where they simply ask them, "What do you think are the most concerning issues right now in America?" If you if you showed up in an interview now today for an education position regardless of the level and regardless of the school, if you're not using the verbiage and all the left-wing Bolshevik verbiage that they probably enjoy, equity and diversity and all that other horseshit. If you're not saying any of that, you're not going to get hired. If you say it, you have a much higher chance of getting hired. Again, they weed these people out on purpose because they want everybody to just agree That, of course, is communism and Bolshevism, as I've said a million times. And that leads where? Well, look at Cuba. They're still driving 1950s Bel Airs that are run on vegetable oil. So there's that. And then you look at Bolshevism, and what does Bolshevism get you? It gets you lined up against a wall and shot. But these people that are doing this and advocating for this within their business actually think that they can maintain this illusion. They don't think it's an illusion. They think it's real. But they just can't. The walls will close in here eventually. Eventually, the Heritage Foundation is going to have to say, it's the shots. That's what's causing this absenteeism. But then again, if they say that, well... The Heritage Foundation will cease to exist because they in the pharmaceutical industry are tied at the hip. And yes, I know that Donald Trump was given money by Pfizer for his campaign. I'm fully aware that that happened. I'm fully aware that lots of these politicians don't talk about the shots because they're all in the pockets of the pharmaceutical industry. I get it. Now you can see how big the problem is. And it is massive. The lying. It boils down to the lying. As long as people continue to pull the veil further and further over their eyes, the right thing is not going to happen, which is why if we walk away and we, we stop participating, maybe they'll get the message. Maybe. We know their capacity for excuse making anyway, and they have lots of them. So it just never ends. I mean, it, it really never ends. Uh, let me bring this up too. Speaking of hiring practices, I mean, how did this one slip through the cracks? Sicily threw this my way. This is from lawandcrime.com. It is titled Reign of Terror, ex-high school dean who led double life as leader of violent street gang convicted of murder in drug turf war, feds say. An ex-high school dean. Here we go. He's not white, if you were curious. Um, it says a former high school dean leading a double life as the leader of a violent street gang has been convicted of a gunshot murder of a rival in a drug turf war in the Bronx. Israel Shorty Rock Garcia. Gotta love the nicknames. 32 years old, the former leader of the Get Money Gun- Gunners sect. Oh, please. Really? Okay. Of the Young Gunners street gang, GMGYGZ, quote unquote, it's a bit confusing, isn't it? Uh, was found guilty of the October 11, 20, 20, 2010, murder of Alfonso Joey McClinton, 21 years old, in aid of racketeering, the U.S. Attorney's Office said in a news release on Thursday he faces life in prison. Well, yeah. Garcia was also convicted of conspiracy to distribute narcotics, murder while engaged in a narcotics conspiracy, murder through the use of a firearm, possessing firearms in connection with narcotics trafficking, and attempted witness tampering. U.S. Attorney Damian Williams said that Garcia led the gang's reign of terror over a neighborhood, recruiting children and others into a drug trafficking enterprise that poison the community with crack cocaine heroin and fentanyl while protecting his drug turf with firearms and violence what does this guy's resume look like can someone explain this i mean can can i get a copy of this guy's resume he was hired as a dean clearly in a school so he's in charge of of children he's clearly probably recruiting within the school for his uh, violent street gang what, what, what does the guy's resume look like? I'd, I'd love to get a copy. It says, over time, Garcia attempted to create a, a, uh, the facade, rather, of a law-abiding citizen becoming the dean of a local high school in order to mask that he was still running the GMG YGZ's, good lord, vi- <laughs> these names, violent and drug traffic, violence and drug trafficking, rather, This is in a statement announcing the charges against Garcia in February. Williams said, as a former high school dean, Israel Garcia was trusted with guiding children towards a bright future. I have to tell you, it really, (laughs) this really reads almost like a Chappelle show skit. It's just embarrassing. It goes on. GMG YGZ member Joseph Juice Johnson was arrested and prosecuted for the killing. But authorities said ballistics, video evidence, and eyewitness testimony revealed a second shooter, Garcia. When Garcia became concerned that Johnson, Juicy Johnson, might cooperate with law enforcement, he took steps to prevent Johnson from identifying him as the person also involved in the murder. Johnson was convicted of second-degree murder, but the verdict against him was vacated On February third of twenty twenty-two, Johnson subsequently pleaded guilty to manslaughter and is serving a seventeen-year sentence. Garcia's purported uh, supports rather set up an online fundraiser entitled "School Dean Indicted for Famous Rap Captions." Which one? (laughs) You can't. (laughs) You can't make this up. (laughs) These I gotta tell you, this is just. This is a Chappelle show skit. This is too funny. This is like the World Series of Dice on Chappelle Show. This is too. Fu- <laughs> this is too good. Which was established to help him and his family, who the site organizer said had been experiencing a massive injustice. Emails from Lawn Crime on Friday to Garcia and his lawyers to verify the information on the site and seek additional comment were not immediately returned. Shocking shocking that the family wouldn't want to talk to law and crime quote for those of you who know me thank you for your support and for those who do not i am still thankful for you taking the time to read my story the message from mr garcia said this is an extremely hard time for my family and me and the truth is is that i can't do this alone i need you guys more than ever now or more than ever right now if you can't donate any funds at the moment My only request is to please repost my story and show the world that we deal, what we deal with every day in our environments and keep me in your prayers. Please help me and shed light on what's happening to our fathers, mothers, brothers, and sisters in our urban communities. Thank you all in advance and God bless you all. Love Israel. You mean the fathers, mothers, brothers, sisters in your urban communities that you're killing? Is that who you meant in your little uh, GoFundMe go fund me page thing? Oh he grew up poor and talked about an unbalanced law enforcement system and blah blah blah. Well, enjoy cell block D, homeboy. Enjoy it. But hey, former school dean, ladies and gentlemen. I mean what could possibly go wrong there? Okay, ironically enough, uh, Cicely also just sent me this as as I'm uh, as I'm recording here. This seems to be a separate program that is associated with a school district uh, in Fredericksburg, Texas. If I'm not mistaken, there's a YouTube video here, and there's also a website that she sent me, and the website is called SystemsGo.org. So let me read this description, and you'll you'll hear how absurd this is. It says, Systems Go is a proven, innovative high school rocketry aerospace curriculum that uses project-based learning to teach science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, STEM, to develop skills in teamwork, problem-solving, and leadership, and to encourage careers in the engineering industries. Now, you know where this is going. It says students design and develop unmanned aerial vehicles for research or industrial applications. Advanced students develop hybrid rockets capable of lofting scientific payloads up to 50,000 feet at White Sands Missile Range. The program is now used in high schools in Texas, New Mexico, Oregon, Colorado and Abu Dhabi, the United Arab Emirates. Graduates work in leadership positions at NASA, SpaceX, Boeing, Lockheed Martin, and other prestigious industries and schools across the country. For Systems Go students, it's really a rocket science. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, the brainwashing is thick. All you'd have to do is show up, tell them they're wasting their time, NASA is lies, Earth is enclosed, nothing goes past 50,000 feet, um, because you'll hit the firmament, and your precious little rocket with something in it will explode. It'll hit the water barrier and fall right back down to Earth. And that's why I'll never get hired there. So let me play this YouTube video, and you can hear these brainwashed people yourself. Give this a listen. Hi, my name is Doug Kimbrell. I'm president of the board of Systems Go, a nonprofit organization that started in Fredericksburg High School about 20 years ago, and it's a STEM program where the students build rockets. This is what we do. Systems Go is an innovative, project-based high school education program inspiring students to go above and beyond. Students use the industry r and d loop to solve real-world problems in real time. There are no kits. Failure is viewed as an opportunity for improvement, which fosters a growth mindset for students and teachers alike. All courses are aligned to state and national CTE standards and engineering pathways and programs of study. For more information, visit our website or contact us directly. I had to edit that basically because the entire middle of the video is them just shooting rockets in the air. I mean, let's look at this a couple of different ways. This is brainwashing 101 for a variety of reasons. Number one, they don't know that Earth is not a spinning ball. There is no International Space Station and all of that as a as a demonic fairy tale. They don't understand that. Number two, if Lockheed Martin and uh and Boeing recruit these students well they 're recruiting them because they don't they don't know what they're doing I mean they're recruiting them on purpose because they know that they're brainwashed. You have to be brainwashed to work for NASA SpaceX uh, Boeing, and Lockheed Martin. You have to be fine with the lies the The thing that apparently these these young I don't know putty-filled minds don't seem to understand is is that they're getting them used to building rockets but what do rockets do to people they kill them I mean they are they're training them to build weapons that will be used in the military industrial complex ultimately that they'll be a part of and have their not- names signed to essentially and then those will kill people I wonder if you brought that to the attention of these individuals, these young children, and you I mean, these are high school students, but you explain to them, do you have any idea what you're doing? The answer of course is no, they don't. This is disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. She also sent me this. She said she just drove past the main office uh, of of her particular high school in, in New Mexico and saw a banner for a teacher training for this program, for this systems go program. Says the district just started constructing a huge trades program building. She said, I think they're going to include things like culinary arts, sewing, auto mechanics, etc. Et Not sure who will be teaching it at all. And they say that it's all coming out of the ESSER funds. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, the writing is on the wall, ladies and gentlemen. You can't keep these lies up. You just can't. You can't keep these lies going the way that they are and expect the business to survive. It it just won't. Okay. Jab related stuff. Just a few things here. More and more politicians in Washington DC are testing positive. Apparently Dick Durbin has tested positive and uh, Congresswoman Mace has also tested positive. What's interesting, of course, and we know this, is the tests do nothing. They don't actually test for anything, and if they're still taking these tests, well, they're stupid, so that proves that. Um, On top of that, they're both jabbed, allegedly. Congresswoman Mace has openly testified that she's jabbed and has suffered from jab-related illness ever since. Durbin claims he's boosted, and I mean, he's no spring chicken, but he's looking more and more like just this slack-jawed lunatic. I've watched a couple of little Senate clips and, and Senate hearings on, uh, on YouTube, and his jaw is just falling more and more off of his, off of his face. It, uh, he, he just looks worse and worse, and he's slumping over. And I'm sure it doesn't help that he's sitting right next to Dianne Feinstein, who is a walking skeletor. I, uh, I don't, uh, yeah, I mean, it, w- w- these people just have no idea what the hell's going on. I do want to make mention of this. I I brought it up on Jesse James's show, but this right here again proves the deep brainwashing. This was a story again out of uh, Rochester General Hospital in New York, and it had to do with their nurses striking because of a a shortage, a nursing shortage. They're, They're overworked. They claim they're not getting paid enough. There aren't enough employees, and now they're all striking. Well, who caused that? as i said on as i said on the dangerous info podcast who who caused that these were the same people again that were workplace bullying the individuals to get the shots their fellow coworkers to get the shots their fellow coworkers left because they didn't want to take the shots these people stayed took the shots they're crazier now than they were back then and now they're striking because well no one wants to work there and uh and they feel like they're they're overburdened well too bad too bad for you you made your bed sleep in it this is your fault it it blows me away there's this from zero hedge very quickly this of course is not new to us we've known this for years but it's titled after long silence on long vax science magazine links autoimmune disorders to covid shots boom there's another giant boom. This is an article that you should add to a list of ongoing articles to send to anybody so that they can see this and read this. Autoimmune disorders to the COVID shots. What? What? I'm not hearing that. No one's telling me that. The mainstream media is not telling me that. Zero Hedge is as mainstream today as it gets. Yeah, they're not on TV, and uh, and every now and again Fox News will reference them. But is Fox News going to reference this story? Probably not. It's as mainstream publications and regulatory agencies have buckled to public pressure to admit that COVID nineteen vaccine can cause injuries such as myocarditis and pericarditis. But until recently, they've published little to nothing about the substantial number of people suffering from autoimmune disease after vaccination. However, on July 3rd, the Journal of Science published an article confirming that COVID-19 vaccines are linked to autoimmune disorders, such as the small fiber neuropathy and postural orthostatic uh, tachycardia syndrome, or POTS. Quote, we've seen screaming from the top of our lungs about these things happening. The founder said, the founder of Can We Talk About It? told the defender, and finally, slowly, it's being acknowledged. Yes, because it's called VADES. Again, when was the first time you heard that phrase, VADES? It was a long time ago. Not saying you heard it here first, but you heard it somewhere. And it's very real because, again, it's still AIDS. It's just vaccine-induced acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Absolutely nuts. I'm going to take this science article uh, from from their journal. I'm going to link it again in the ongoing jab and mask related article list that I have going on on my website. Feel free and check it out if you're interested. And uh, yeah, it can't get clearer. It just can't get any clearer. Let me read this now, just in conclusion. It's kind of a shorter episode here. My apologies. Um, this is from Steve Kirsch's Substack. Again, it's not news to us. It's news to somebody, but I wanted to read it here because again, it's, it's coming directly from doctors and what doctors were apparently saying on the zoom call. Um, it says the following here, quote, this is just a couple of selected excerpts from this. It says, quote, I had a call with over a dozen doctors and holistic practitioners today, all friends of Jason Dean. He chose doctors He knew who would be willing to go on a Zoom call, and there was no other selection criteria. Why they asked not to reveal who said what for fear of retribution. I will summarize some of the most astonishing statements that were made in the call today. And then the person wrote key points, longer list, and more detail are in the actual article itself. But this one says, quote, Unvaccinated kids are uniformly much healthier than vaccinated kids. Nobody on the call disagreed with this. Vaccines cause autism, SIDS, and other chronic diseases. Several doctors noted that all or nearly all of their autism cases were linked to the MMR vaccine. In another case, one doctor told the story of a police investigator that he knew personally who was assigned SIDS cases over seven years. She noted that 75% of SIDS deaths happened within 48 hours of vaccine, approximately 300 cases total. That's impossible if the vaccines aren't causing the deaths. It is possible in some cases to partially reverse autism. The most successful reverses occur when the child is treated soon after the injury and the parents are committed to the treatment protocol. Another quote said, Quote, although the call was not recorded to protect the uh, the reputations of the people on the call, any mainstream fact checker can reach out to me and contact anyone on the call, uh, choose from the picture above to verify that every statement below was said in the call. And then another section or another quote said this, quote, was this a biased sample? As if to say, was it a biased sample of doctors? They said, quote, all samples have bias. If you're a doctor reading this and disagree with anything that was said and would like to do a Zoom call with your colleagues to set the record straight, just like this call, I'd be happy to host it and write up what what was said. And then his summary is the following quote, there was no reason for any of these doctors in this call to lie about what they saw. Unless these doctors are all lying, we all have a serious problem that nobody wants to talk about. Basically, the vaccines are harming our kids and should be stopped. The risk-benefit trade-off isn't even close. Kids are much healthier without any vaccines. This call was yet more confirmation, it says. It then says, I've invited any doctors who disagree, who can show there is no link between vaccines and autism, SIDS, and higher disease to contact me to do a similar Zoom call where we can talk about it. It's tragic that some states, California, New York, uh, Maine, Mississippi, Connecticut, West Virginia, require vaccines for public schools, and that there's pretty much no way out other than to homeschool your kids or move out of the state. We aren't allowed to have any debates with the authorities on whether this is a good idea. They know more about your child's health than you do, and they will not be questioned about it, unquote. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like kicking the can down the road here. We, we know this, this isn't new. Endless parents are pulling their children out because they don't want them to take the shots. The problem is is the weakest parents are saying, well, just take the shots. I mean, I took them and you can take them and it's not that big a deal. They don't know the weaponization of what's going on right now. They don't know the ubiquitous nature of all of these shots and how they're all going to essentially be exactly the same, made up with the exact same kinds of nanoparticle poison. Their children are going to die and they're not going to know why. They aren't, I mean, these people are, they're just too far gone. They're too locked up in the matrix. But. Protecting your children is the only way, but it's very difficult to do that if you have no idea that there's numerous things that you need to protect them from. That's why the Steve Curses of the world, frankly, don't understand depopulation. He doesn't get it. He still won't accept that explanation. Well, I don't think there's a depopulation scheme. I, I, I disagree with that. I just think that uh, that they're just blind to what's going on and, and they don't they don't want to know what's going on. It's way worse than that it's way worse than that. It's way more deep. And all these people that he claims that he wants to have debates with and contact him and prove to him that they're right and that he's wrong and all this nonsense back and forth, they'll never do it. You've heard me say myself here that if I was to speak again at some school board meeting or even a city council meeting in a university town and offer up the opportunity of a lifetime for them. You would think to humiliate someone like me, on all of these shots and what's going on with the shots that they would they would chomp at the bit for that. That they would absolutely lunge at the opportunity to humiliate someone like me, but the but they'll never do it. They would never do it, because they're afraid. Fear is the only thing that keeps them from being 100% certain on their stance they're afraid that one you know that 0.1% of fear is enough to keep them away from a debate and to keep them off of a stage to having to prove or at least justify and explain their side of the issue they aren't going to do it they just won't cuz when have we ever seen that has that happened yet in the United States, have we seen any kind of a town or city debate between, on one side, again, professors, those in the medical profession, nurses, doctors, and then on the other side, maybe just two or three citizens who know what the hell is going on? No, we haven't. And it's it's just not going to happen. It won't happen. I think we should offer it up. Offering it up isn't necessarily a bad idea. I disagree with Steve Kirsch's approach on saying I'll pay you a million dollars if you just debate me, and I'll pay you millions of dollars and a hundred thousand and blah blah blah. All that stuff is useless. You don't. Ha- you shouldn't have to offer up money if the person is right about the thing that they're talking about. I understand the money is a bluff. I mean, I fully get it. They're offering it up and saying, well, why wouldn't this person take a million dollars to simply debate? And of course, they're not giving it to the person, they're giving it to some charity. But again, why wouldn't they do that? Because there's that 0.1% that they think that they might be wrong. And it turns out that that's all it takes for a person to be wrong. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, I'll catch you on Friday. Thanks for listening, and make sure and check out the Dangerous Info podcast and my appearance on there as well if you are interested. See you on Friday. Peace.